0: You're listening to another episode of Cloud and Clear, Sada's cloud transformation podcast. I'm your host, John Veltri, and today we're pleased to welcome John McDonald, Director of Workspace for North America at Google Cloud. Before we get started, don't forget to like and subscribe to our channel on your listening platform to stay up to date on the latest Cloud and Clear episodes from Sada. Mr. McDonald, welcome to the show. How are you doing, Mr. Veltri? I I am very well. Uh, For those of you who don't know either one of us, John and I have a very long history of working together. John being at Google, me working at Google for a long period of time before my time here at SADA. So hopefully this conversation is fun and informative for all that are going to watch and listen. Um, So obviously we're here to talk about productivity and collaboration, being that John is the go-to-market lead for Workspace at Google, and I have the same function here at SADA. Um, And to get it started, John, and just get right to it, What do you see are, um, you know, variables or influences coming from the market that are affecting the roadmap for productivity and collaboration and for, and specifically for you, what's driving that in organizations and how Google is engaging
1: with them and how you're affecting your roadmap? It's a great question. It's actually a pretty big one too, right? If you take a look at this ecosystem, this space is for a long time was driven by what corporations require of an organization of a technology company to deliver to their people. And then at a point in time, there were consumer technologies that not only caught up but started to surpass capabilities, leveraging technologies such as cloud, uh, web and mobility to be able to deliver very powerful connections, communications and content creation, sharing, et cetera. And so we started to see that tipping point. There started to be this kind of thirst and lusting within organizations for the workers that were coming on board to experience that speed and that agility obviously we have to balance that with the requirements of the company with compliance with security and those types of things so we saw that going into covid to the pandemic but what was interesting was it was a very pivotal moment where it turned some things on its head and it did a few things It forced organizations to look at their strategy of how to connect their workers from any location, whether that was from home, working from potentially unsecure networks, unsecure devices, even allowing them choice to use different technologies that weren't necessarily confined by their infrastructure and and their secure network. So that was one thing that flipped. The other piece was that there were a number of technologies that were incredibly intelligent and sophisticated that were kind of nice to have. And what was interesting is you had folks working from home now for the first time that weren't sitting in a boardroom that were making use of these assistive technologies because they weren't sitting there face-to-face at a boardroom table. They could turn on things like closed captioning. They could use those assistive technologies uh, in ways before where they thought they were nice to have, but realized they existed and now started to become need-to-haves. And the other thing that happened in that space around intelligence were things around diversity, ethnicity, and inclusion, where those agendas became very, very important to many organizations. Were able to then start tuning the models to explain to you and I how to better write an email or Uh, communicate a communication or create content to be more inclusive in our language. And so those things were incredibly interesting, all the while starting to cater and trying to cater to a new workforce, an evolving workforce, not just working from home, but also ones that were now millennials and Gen Z, which were taking over the workforce. So how does a company accommodate all those things, acquire and retain talent, those are a lot of problems to look at and solve for, but those are some pretty key variables, you know, determining how we're going to shape this and how we want to move in this direction and continue to do so.
0: What's interesting in all that, right, is how Workspace plays into that narrative and some of the changes you're seeing coming out of Google that that we're seeing at SADA, right? You had these organizations, and I know you spoke to this, but selling Workspace or customers looking to you know move over to Workspace from another provider, it, the capability has always been there, right? It's a cloud-first platform compared to other players in the space. The technology, the collaboration, the security, the access, it moves with the user, not with the environment. So whether you're in your house, brick and mortar in Toronto or New York, or you're in an airport on a mobile device, on a laptop, none of that mattered historically. And for organizations who didn't work in that fashion, that value benefit didn't matter to them either. But now that everybody's trying to figure out what the future is, whether it was, you know, it used to be called cloud, then it was called mobile, then it was work from home, then it was hybrid. Now it's returned to office or flexible. It all has different connotations, but it's all about working together, working asynchronously and figuring out how to get things done. And some of the things that I've seen coming out of Google that you might want to highlight, or you talked about equity is, are we starting to look at, well, John's McDonald is back in the office, but John Veltri is still at home. And how does John Veltri still have the same level of inclusion in that meeting or in this document or in this, you know, this video platform that the same people who are sitting together in a room do? So I know Google's trying to address some of that and bring more of that feel around we're all together in a digital space as opposed to one person
1: is remote and these other people are in the office here. Can you speak to that a little bit? It's a really good point. I mean, when you did have folks that were always there, we needed to start to consider the fact that the the person sitting from their 13-inch laptop at home may feel a little bit isolated from those folks that have returned to the office and are sitting around the boardroom table. Are we giving them natural cues and reminders to address John, who is joining virtually? Is it giving us indication of how much time I'm talking on this podcast versus you know, how long you're talking. That's not something we would consider previously. But when you're in a one-on-one with something, someone and you look up the indicator and it says you've been talking for 90% of the time, that stops being a conversation, right? Those cues, they're not things we considered previously, but they're hundreds of things that lend to your experience as a remote worker or an office worker or wherever you may choose to work. And those are different challenges for different organizations because they're all going to have different policies about how they're going to work with this and deal with this, but they still have to really be concerned about the main, main resource that they have for their company, which are their people and their employees. It's the biggest, biggest asset they have, right? Making them feel included, making them feel
0: productive, making them feel a part of the organization, but also what's important to the organization, which is making sure that they're secure, making sure the information they're engaging on is secure and ensuring that they're operating in a corporate environment and in a collaborative way that is protective, productive, and, and also efficient, right? Yeah. Oh, cool. All right. Um, next question, uh, w- which is obviously important to the side of the camera that I'm on these days, which is how does Google plan to continually take advantage of the larger ecosystem at play right when you look at some of the competing services in the space they have a holistic approach where they cover everything under the sun it's a lot of bundling it's a lot of self-reliance google does a lot of best of breed capabilities when it comes to your capabilities as well as leaning on other third parties and as well as leaning on partners like sada to do some of the things that are inherent to our business around services professional change management, delivery, managed services after the fact, where do you see that or benefit working with a partner like SADA and some of the tech partners that help Google grow in this space?
1: Yeah, so if I look at um, organizations that are looking for the change, if I think of, first of all, um, companies that are looking to start adopting or looking to change their direction entirely, because you can meet a company where they are and, and consume this in smaller bites, or you can make um, you know, wholesale change as you and I have seen many a time before. And that typically means choosing between one competitor or the, or, or the other. It doesn't have to be that choice, but if it is that choice, if it is the, I need to make a change and need to make a move, um, it's often less of a change hurdle than, than what organizations typically envision. And part of the reason for that is, you know, we have over 3 billion active daily users in Gmail, over 1.6 billion active daily users in Drive, um, consumer technology, largest mobile operating system in Android in the world that already has these tool sets loaded on them. There is a level of familiarity that I think a lot of organizations underestimate. So there's a baseline knowledge and understanding of what people can do. What I think is incredibly helpful is that Partnering with you all at SADA when we're working with the company, not only can we help them understand what that baseline is, but there's a very clear plan and trajectory to help the users with any change requirements that are going to be there. We've said, and you've heard me say many a time, that the technology is actually easy. It's it's the easiest part of this thing. It doesn't take us very long to move an organization from a technical perspective. It's often easier to do that with us because it's like ripping a Band-Aid because you're going pure cloud. You're not considering the desktop requirements, the back office server requirements, et cetera. So as we focus our attention on the people, it's really easy to understand how they're doing something today, what the user expectation is, and how we teach them how powerful they could be and how fast they can run in the future. And you folks have been able to do that hundreds, thousands of times with us before with other customers. And just having that that plan to get them there and showing the roadmap on how they realize those potentials is probably the most rewarding thing. And then the follow-up to that is not only showing them during the process, but being that continuous partner with Google and with SADA to help them understand the consistent innovations that continue to come and the benefit that can be achieved over time. So in a lot of cases, you and I have switched some IT folks' job to being administrators and people that are fixing things or staying ahead of things to people who are informing others of the constant innovation and then they become addicted to that innovation, as we've seen. But you you folks have been fantastic partners in that. And you're always at the head of the curve understanding what what we're doing and 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 us you.
0: You know, one of the things that you and I have talked about and Not just the two of us, but our organizations have talked about and are focusing on is how do we take that product, the technology that you're talking about, and not necessarily apply it in in a scenario in a customer's eyes where it's product to product. I'm moving from one product to the other product, but how do we start looking at the inherent differences that what you offer through workspace and our capabilities as a service provider? along with other technologies in the ecosystem, how do we start trying to solve business problems through outcomes? How do we start building solutions? And that becomes a different conversation with our customers, our mutual customers, instead of saying, here's what you have today. And while it's working, we can provide you a technology that does it in a different way and might work better. We think it's going to work better, but how do we actually take that conversation and say, Here's the technology you're using today that hamstrings your business potentially in certain areas. And we have different ways in which you can solve that business problem, architect a solution around it, and create value out of that business transformation you are provided by adopting a new technology. And I think going through that thought process and that change here at Sada, and I know that you're doing the same thing at Google, is truly like how we bring transformation to customers as opposed to just adopting a new technology and hoping that it actually influences the way people work differently.
1: I agree. And I think for you all as a partner to us, you've seen so many different integrations and dependencies on other technologies, understanding the capabilities that exist in the ecosystem. It gives you that lens that you can look through to say, here are the set of things required to offer a solution. You know, I've talked about offering a solution that isn't just workspace as an example. How can I completely revolutionize a business process without going and purchasing an incredibly expensive system that is built to do just that? How can I build those types of things with even no code, low code applications, but still have the accessibility of communication and content creation and have a repository potentially or intelligence that's as robust as a cloud platform and ecosystem like GCP? How do I build that? for a specific persona or department of people, you all have the expertise across all of those skill sets and across all of those technologies, you're able to bring those together and have those conversations, but also look at the problem through that lens. So I think that is truly unique. could not agree more. Um, all right, last question.
0: Hmm. What can you share with us about what you see as transformational impacts in the in the lens of, productivity and collaboration specifically to Google maybe industry trends that you're going to see over the next you know year or two years uh, if there's anything specific to a certain industry but where do you really see some of the some of the, the shocking factors coming out of this
1: space like where do you see some major updates happening I'll answer it in, in a few different parts the first one is easy is that security continues to take on different forms I mean we see it 24 by 7 uh, across 10 services that have a billion over a billion active daily users. So we understand what that threat protection looks like. And it's a constantly evolving beast. And what we understand is the target is still the end user. It's you and I that are interacting with the system. We're the easiest people to trip up and trick into giving away information or giving access to the kingdom. So it's always something that we need to stay ahead. That's a constant and I wouldn't say it's it's changing, but it's something that's that too many organizations I think have ignored for a long time and then the pandemic shed a light to that how long we've ignored it and now the game has changed it's we're not caster behind the network that's one yeah i think like when you're thinking about how security was always done i
0: mentioned this earlier and like you said the pandemic really shined a light on and it's the idea around security was how do i put these big four walls around my company and only let in a certain amount of connectivity And I'll monitor that gate and make sure that what comes in is supposed to come in and what goes out is supposed to come out. But when people aren't sitting within those four walls anymore, all of a sudden your entire security strategy breaks down. So how do you get to a, a zero trust strategy, right? Where you're trusting nothing, you're protecting everything, and you're identifying everything as a possible threat. Then now you start to move into a world where security becomes easier because everything is protected. Not worrying about
1: your four walls because they don't exist. That's exactly right. And I think what's happening now, though, is that there were a few organizations, Google included, um, and protected agencies that had those requirements previously. Now everyone has those requirements. As I'm trying to secure you as my employee, regardless of the industry, to work from anywhere, that wasn't previously a requirement. I could ask you to come to the office. And so that variable changed. The other big change for us, obviously, the demographics, as I mentioned earlier, That come with a different set of expectations. Um, I had uh, a gentleman who's a chief information security officer just yesterday say this to me that I understand where you're coming from and the familiarity is there with the platform and that uh, millennials and Gen Zers want these specific set of tools. But when I give them what we have, they're able to use them just fine. And I said, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that they're not incredibly intelligent folks that can adapt to this. What I'm saying is they get frustrated that they can't move 10 times as fast. And so what you then end up seeing is that employee exhaustion with these demographics or users with a set of expectations saying, I know that if I went over there, I could do it faster. Or if I leverage the tools I know that exist through shadow IT, right, which is a term that we know. I could move faster as well. That's also creating friction. And the third one, which actually is is massive and it's very timely right now, is everything we're seeing around generative AI. Like you can't start your day without seeing an article on generative AI. And for a lot of people, they're trying to catch up and really understand what it even means. What we try to educate folks on is that artificial intelligence and machine learning is not a new concept. And it's not a new concept to this space, right? We had suggested actions and things like uh, automated malware detection and those things since 2015, right? They're, they're, they're not new concepts. We were doing things like spelling and grammar suggestions in 2019. You know, when you fast forward to uh, when you're, you know, smart composing your phones or being able to speak to your devices, they're not new things. Like you've, you've heard me say it before with my son five years ago. Picking up a laptop and opening up a a document and going to to voice-to-text and then asking his, his IoT device everything about Ed Sheeran and just dictating everything and then being able to translate it with the quick click of a button into French and asking me to check his grammar is incredibly powerful. Five years ago, you think of the applicability in a corporate setting, a lot of corporations are catching up. To that innovation and those abilities, but you've got a whole bunch of folks that already harness and understand those. Now, now fast forward to where we are with Gen AI. People are now expecting more than just sending, you know, uh, messages back to one another and having some intelligence and speed around doing that. What GenAI did is it's leapfrog innovation right now, where we're able to ask um, ask a document to give me a summary of the content if it's too long, to give me the too-long-don't-read version of what's in there, and it will spit that out to me. Or even ask a model to write a resume about myself and give it a few details, and it will be able to do that while being considerate of grammar, of, of inclusion language and in those things. That's a false multiplier. That allows us to move not only 10 times as fast, 100 times as fast, and it continues to impress us and show different business applicability. I think where we are right now is because it's it's so new and everyone is building it into their technology. For the next year to three years, we're really going to start to see the accelerated path. And we're actually going to probably see new niche utilizations and technology spin off from this. So it's a pretty exciting time, but it's something that we're we're right at the, the bleeding edge of, um, I think all of us yeah. and Google is obviously right there with you folks, um, building this right into, to the productivity and collaboration platforms right now.
0: I think what will be interesting to your point, right? Is today it's surfacing the documents because you and I have a calendar session, it right? So here's a document you edited with John, or when we're using Meet, it's you, the, the AI technology is eliminating all the background noise. And if you've never used google meet you've never used the the or noise canceller it is wild how effectively that works what i think is going to be interesting is now you're talking about summarizations now you're talking about writing an email based on a topic and using those multilingual models to to solve that problem what'll be really cool is where did when what i think could happen is that gen ai piece comes in with those solutions you're building like you were talking about very niche process type things that solves for like security checks, employee analysis, optimization around business models. And it all starts to get to plugged into time and efficiency and how that generates revenue and moves faster. So I don't know. I, I, I honestly have no idea what direction it's going to go. Every day you see something new and it's just nothing you ever were prepared for. So I don't know. Um, it's definitely gonna impact this space and impact it in a big way. I'm really psyched to see what Google does. So all right. Well, I think we're about at time, John. I thank you so much for joining us today. Um, any parting thoughts?
1: No, I. You know, it's it's been my absolute pleasure to be here. Like you said earlier, we have a longstanding standing career working together. I hope we get to do another one of these sessions, and I really appreciate you inviting me. Yeah, you can you can have me on your podcast the next time. Okay, that sounds great. Deal, <laughs> deal,
0: deal. So, uh, again, everybody, make sure you like and subscribe to our show. This year, we'll be offering exclusive insights from leaders like John, and you won't want to miss any of it. So we'll see you next time here on Cloud & Clear. Thanks. Bye. Thank you for listening to Cloud & Clear. Check the show notes for links to this week's topics. And don't forget to connect with us on Twitter at Cloud & Clear and our website, sada.com. Be sure to rate and review the show on your favorite podcast app.